0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Embodied Nourishment podcast. So today I'm going to be talking about all things exercise. Uh, Up until this point we've been talking a lot about food, the culture around food, the relationships of food, and movement and exercise just obviously go so hand in hand with this. So as you all know, you know, we live in a culture, a a diet culture, a world that is just so obsessed with dieting, losing weight, bodies, hyper fixations on bodies. And um, exercise is a really big part of this. And when we're talking about exercise culture and like the exercise industry, I think of the exercise industry as like the diet industry's twin sister. They kind of come together. And when we're talking about disordered eating, relationships to food, a disordered relationship with exercise and movement often goes hand in hand with that. And if you are on your conscious eating journey and you are in the process of healing your relationship with food, approaching the topic of ex- approaching the topic of exercise um, it can be challenging, right because and typically this is what happens right and, and I, I know that many of you who are listening right now are going to listen to this next part and be like, yep, that's me, that was me or that currently is me. Um, But often what happens when you start a really restrictive diet plan with the intention of losing weight, often the intention of starting a really strict workout plan goes hand in hand with that. Right, it's it's all part of the cycle, right? I'm gonna start my diet on Monday. I'm going to restrict, only eat 1,200 calories a day, and I'm also gonna to get to the gym and I'm gonna work out six to seven days a week for at least an hour to two hours each day, right? And you're all gun ho, and you know you do your meal prepping, your calorie counting, whatever it is that you do to restrict, whatever those rituals are, and you have this plan of of doing some really really intense workouts, and then maybe it lasts for. I don't know, a few weeks, maybe a week, maybe a few days. And then you quickly find that it is incredibly unsustainable. Um, it's absolutely miserable. And because you're on such a low calorie diet, you don't have the energy for it. So of course, you just completely burn out and you just fall apart. And, and then you stop exercising completely. And When you stop exercising completely, the diet also goes out the window or maybe even vice versa. Maybe the diet becomes really unsustainable first and then you like, quote unquote, cheat on your diet and like you eat a cookie or something and then you say, oh, fuck this. Like I've ruined everything. Why go to the gym? Why exercise? Why do anything at all? Why keep trying? Let me just go binge. And then the whole plan of restricting and exercising just goes completely out the window and then you don't exercise at all. Right? Sounds crazy. Sounds familiar, right? Right. So these two topics are so tied to each other. And if you are on your conscious eating journey, healing your relationship with food, when you begin to approach or re-approach, I should say, the topic of exercise and movement, it's kind of like it can feel a little like, you know, I'm not quite sure how this fits in anymore because the ways that you have always known exercise has always been within the structure of disordered, rigid eating patterns and schedules. So when you're no longer engaging in disordered eating patterns and you're no longer, you know, whatever those rituals are, it's like, well, how does exercise fit into all of this? I'm not really sure anymore. And Reapproaching the topic of exercise can be really triggering in it of itself, um, because if you've only known exercise to go hand in hand with these disordered eating rituals, just you know, approaching the topic of exercise can make you feel like, oh my goodness, I have to restrict again. Because what's the point, right? What's the point of exercise if it is not for the pursuit of weight loss? So let's talk about that. What is the point of exercise if it's not for the pursuit of weight loss? So. I just want to say something really quick about how ironic um, this misbelief we carry that exercising for weight loss is somehow healthy. Exercising for the purpose of losing weight can end up being one of the most unhealthy things that you can do. Yes, exercise is healthy, of course exercise and and i will talk about that very specifically with with research um but my point that i'm trying to make is that the way that we need to exercise to be healthy is in no way represented or demonstrated in the exercise culture that we are so immersed in exercise culture you know you scroll on social media um you know, you see before and after pictures, there's crazy, um, business models even for exercise, like, um, CrossFit, very intense, like orange theory, fitness, very, very intense workouts. Um, and you know, those things can be fine. Those things can be healthy when your body is calling you to, to move in those ways, which I'll talk about a little bit later on. But, with with the culture that we live in we're kind of all under the impression that in order to get the health benefits from exercise that it's supposed to be some kind of like hour hour and a half workout where you get your heart rate up as high as humanly possible and you are profusely sweating the entire time and you're supposed to do that as many days a week as possible and that's the impression that we have And I'm here to tell you that it is not true. That is not what you need to do in order to be exercising for health. In fact, if you push yourself to exercise in those ways when your body is screaming at you not to, it can actually end up being incredibly, incredibly unhealthy and can counteract all of the goals that you might even have for health and fitness, if that's what you have. So here's the thing. Okay, I'm going to roll it back a little bit. I don't know if you guys remember or if you haven't heard it, maybe revisit the second, I think, episode number two, where I talk about how, you know, when when you're dieting, your body doesn't know that you're restricting your calories on purpose. Your physiology, your DNA just gets one message and one message only, and that is that, You're not eating enough and this is stressful and the body panics and it will deploy a series of mechanisms to try to save your life, which include slowing down your metabolism and then catapulting you to go binge on food in an attempt to save your life because your body doesn't know that you have a kitchen full of food and that you're just choosing not to eat because you have some kind of weight loss goal. No, 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 no. Your body is only getting one message and the message is that not enough food is coming in. So therefore there must be a famine. We are in danger because that's how it was for the many, many millions of years of our evolution up until this point in time. Okay, now take a breath. We're going to apply... That same exact logic to the conversation with exercise. If you are putting a timer, an alarm clock to wake up at 4 a.m. to wake yourself up when your body doesn't want to wake up, and you're rolling out of bed and you're going to CrossFit most days a week, or you know, whatever your intense exercise routine is, your body your physiology it is not sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, this is so fun. I'm getting up in the middle of the night, right? Like 4 a.m. is level, like you know, way too early. I'm forcing myself to get up in the middle of the night to jump out of bed in the middle of my body's biological processes of restoring and repairing all of the things that it needs to repair. And I'm gonna roll out of bed and go to the gym and do this really fun, intense activity that just completely stresses the absolute fuck out of my nervous system. Wow, this is great. No, your body is not doing that. Your body's not like, oh yeah, this is so healthy. <laughs> no, your body doesn't know that you are missing critical sleep to go put your body under this intense, intense physical stress for the fucking fun of it because you have, you, know, you want to lose a few pounds. Your physiology doesn't know the difference. You know why? Because for many, many millions of years, when humans were not getting enough sleep and, putting, and were being put under intense physical distress, it was usually because we were running from danger. We were running from other people and predators trying to kill us. So when you're rolling out of bed at 4 a.m. to go stress out your nervous system at the gym, um, your DNA, your physiology is going to respond in the same way as if you're being chased and attacked by a predator that's trying to kill you and a stress response will deploy itself and this can work so hard against your health i want to just for perspective just for perspective i want to just interject here for a moment and point to olympic athletes okay yeah okay right so olympic athletes yeah we can look at them and we can be like oh my god they're in such great shape like they they have the physical stamina of you know gods and goddesses and we look at them and we're like that that must be so healthy let me tell you something being an olympic athlete is a really stressful fucking job and I'm here to tell you that that level of physical activity is not health it's not healthy it's it's just not when somebody is training for the Olympics, just like I said, their physiology doesn't know that they're in some kind of competitive sport for fun they're like the the body the physiology the DNA responds like holy shit, why are we moving so much? Why are we getting up so early?" I need sleep to repair my hormones, my hormone balance. Why are we not doing that here? What, what is happening? What are we running from? Or, or Is somebody trying to eat us? When can we relax? And we see that, it, and there's, there's, re- right, there's so much research in this, especially in, in those individuals who menstruate and have a, a menstrual cycle. Menstrual cycles in Olympic athletes uh, <laughs> shot to hell, right? And that's not healthy. Not having a menstrual cycle is not healthy. Um, there's all kinds of amenorrhea. That, hormones aren't exactly my topic, so I'm not going to go too much into it because I'm not the expert there. But there's tons of research coming out um, that just show that this level of activity wreaks absolute havoc on the reproductive system of menstruating individuals. Um, and okay, so quick, quick little story. Fun fact, if you don't know this about me, when I was younger, I was a figure skater actually, um, for a long time, for like 10 years. And I'm not going to get into my experience with disordered eating right now. That that's a topic for another day that I don't know. I don't even know if I'll ever talk about it. Um, but the figure skating world is So it can just be so, 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 so disordered with diet and exercise and body and competition and nastiness from coaches. Um, But I have a very, uh, this this is very strong burning memory in my mind. I don't know if you guys remember Sasha Cohen. She obviously was a, a U.S. Olympic figure skater, very successful. And I remember when she retired... When she retired, she gained so much weight. And not really, right? Like I say so much weight and like I'm still kind of like a little bit biased from that world, but like it she it was like normal, right? Like it was like her body just finally taking a fucking breath and being like, "Okay, finally we're relaxing." But there was there was a very rapid weight gain that she experienced in a very short amount of time when she retired. And Again, like this wasn't unhealthy. This wasn't a bad thing. In fact, this was the the healthiest thing that her body was doing for her. Her body was taking a breath, and her body was recovering from the years and years of stress that she was put under from from training as an Olympic athlete. And I just remember because, like, I remember the figure skating community, uh, of course, right? Like, it was so part of diet culture. Everybody talked about it. Oh my God, do you see Sasha Cohen? She she retired and just like the rest of them who retire, they get fat and they gain weight, right? Like the nonsense and like she wasn't fat and like it really wasn't that much weight gain. Like, like I said, like she just kind of looked like a normal person on the street after she retired. But my point of sharing this story is again, like just to demonstrate that the way that her body reacted to finally resting just demonstrates and exemplifies how unhealthy the level of physical activity she was doing for her physiology. That by the time she stopped her body, like her body basically said, thank God. Thank fucking God. Finally, finally, we can relax and just be and her body took a breath, right? Um, and you know, now, you know, I, look, I still follow her on Instagram, and she's just so beautiful and like just normal, happy living her life. She has a baby now, and she's healthy, and I'm just so happy for her because it's like I, I could see her body is recovered from the stress of it all. So OK, with all of that being said, so what does exercising for health look like? So let me tell you right so for a little bit of a refresher from uh sorry my daughter's ipad is ringing and okay hold on real life moment i'm not about to stop this podcast um uh, hold on stay with me okay there it goes Um, okay so what does exercising for health look like then in this case um, okay, so the research shows that in order to reap the cardiovascular and the health benefits of exercise, it, it, all you have to do is any kind of movement at all beyond being sedentary. That's it. Okay, so what does that mean? Any movement beyond sedentary. What that means is that you can go for a 20-minute walk and you can get the health benefits that exercise has to offer. It doesn't actually have to be an hour and a half at Orange Theory Fitness with your heart rate as high as humanly possible, profusely sweating. Okay, I'm going to take a moment to, I'm going to read a little excerpt from um, the Intuitive Eating book, The Revolutionary Anti-Diet Approach by Evelyn Tribble and Elise Rush. Um, I'm going to take a little, a, a little excerpt here just to kind of solidify all of the things that I just talked about up until this point. So she writes, exercise helps to protect the body from the health-damaging effects of chronic stress. Chronic stress can create a hormonal imbalance which results in increased production of cortisol in the body, while also rendering insulin less effective, which is also known as insulin resistance. Increases in cortisol are also associated with elevated neuropeptide Y release, which you may recall increases appetite but regular physical activity can counteract this effect by improving the effectiveness of insulin and mood. Additionally, regular movement improves sleep patterns, which is often disrupted during stressful times. Notably, sleep deprivation is associated with insulin resistance and disturbed appetite regulation. Okay, ending the quote there. So, that's the that's the irony of exercising for weight loss and putting yourself through these really rigorous workout routines, right? Because it, whenever you are cutting out on sleep to get exercise, I think the phrase is stepping over dollar bills to pick up pennies, right? It's it's not valuable. The sleep is way more valuable than exercise. If you have to pick between exercise and sleep, sleep wins. It. it by so much, it's not even close. It's not even close. Because when you're sleeping, like I said before, it balances insulin. It balances your hormones. It regulates your appetite. If, if I'm telling you, if you are skipping out on sleep to work out, forget about it, guys. Like, it, it's just, you are you are not doing yourself any kind of favors for your health. Okay? So, so... Since we're coming out of this chaotic cycle of using exercise um, or, or approaching exercise in this really chaotic cycle along with the you know, historical use of, of really chaotic dieting, like the diet cycle, when we're approaching the topic of exercise outside of that chaos, what does it look like? What does it look like? What does it look like to approach exercise in a way that that is healthy for your body, that's not for the purpose of weight loss, and that's not going to trigger this spiral of disordered eating? Well, one thing that I recommend with my clients when we have this conversation is to start, start thinking about different motivations for exercise um so so in other words if we are not exercising for weight loss what else can we exercise for well from this little excerpt that i just read from evelyn's book um it is the it 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 undoes exercise essentially undoes the chronic effects of stress or the effects of chronic stress i should say Okay, so so can we think of exercising for that reason to maybe help with stress management? Can we exercise to help balance our hormones? And let's talk about some other benefits of exercise. Can we exercise to help increase our bone density, our bone strength? Because exercise does that as well. Um, it can decrease blood pressure it can, it, it, exercise is also one of those things that can raise your HDL cholesterol, the quote-unquote good cholesterol, and can help decrease the quote-unquote less ideal cholesterol, the LDL cholesterol. It can increase your heart strength, your lung strength. Um, it, it's good for your brain, it's good for learning, and for all of these absolutely just wonderful, wonderful things. So So can we change the motivation to these other things and not weight loss? Especially now, since we know that um, exercising for weight loss is actually incredibly unhealthy and counterintuitive to health goals and outcomes. Um, I will say something else about this topic. Um, You know, the research also shows that When you start to reconnect with your body and honor when it is that you want to rest, like when your body is calling you to rest versus when your body is calling you to move instead of forcing yourself to to do some kind of unsustainable intense workout plan, the research shows that people who move more intuitively and honor their body get this, ready? Buckle up. It's going to blow your mind. Those people end up actually exercising more over the course of their lives versus people who try to force themselves to do strict workout plans. And now isn't that crazy, right? But when you think about it, it's kind of true. How many times have you gone into that chaotic vicious diet cycle hand in hand with the chaotic vicious exercise cycle and you stopped exercising for long periods of time right like maybe you did really intense workouts for a month and then it was so unsustainable so you stopped working out for like six months right because you're like well if I'm not going to do a crazy diet What's the point of exercising? So I'm just not going to exercise at all. Or maybe even that just happens on a day-to-day basis, right? Maybe you're like, oh, you know, I had chocolate chip pancakes this morning and that wasn't in my diet plan. So what's the point of exercising now? It's all ruined, right? So what happens? You don't exercise at all. Well, that's not healthy, (laughs) right? Yeah, you see what I'm saying, right? Like the food intake or or, or what I should say is when you dissociate your food intake from what it means for exercise you you start to have a healthier relationship with both and then you actually end up over the course of your life moving more because when you don't when you separate allowing your body to move your body wants to move okay you want to. I, I know, like, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I just don't feel like exercising. I don't feel like doing anything. I'm telling you, if that's how you feel, there is a block there because humans, over the course of our entire evolution, we have done nothing but move. We have moved a lot. We are physical creatures and our our bodies are meant to move. And when you have a clear mind-body connection with no blocks, your body will tell you when it wants and needs to move. And it might be more than other people or it might be less than other people. Maybe your body just doesn't want to move as much as your best friend and that's okay. But my point being is that your body does want to move. So if you're sitting around coming off of a vicious diet cycle and you're like, fuck this, I'm not moving at all, I don't feel like doing anything, there's a block there. There's a mental block there because your body wants to move because it's healthy. It's for all of the reasons that we listed before and your body wants things that are healthy. But when you're caught in that vicious cycle, it puts all of these these barriers and blocks around it, okay? So... How do we start to connect with our body and movement and exercise outside of dieting? So this is what I usually recommend to my clients when we approach this conversation. The first thing that you're going to want to ask yourself is, well, I recommend checking in each day. Just ask yourself, ask your body, right? Feel into your body. Say, do I feel like moving today? Do I feel like moving right now? Do I feel like doing anything? If the answer to that question is no, can you give yourself the unconditional permission to just let it be? An honor that your body doesn't want to move? Just like we talked about giving yourself the unconditional permission to eat what you want when you want. Or giving yourself the unconditional permission to not eat foods that you don't want to eat. Can you give your body the unconditional permission to not exercise if it doesn't feel like exercising? Because you know what that does? It takes the pressure off and that helps to remove whatever blocks there might be, okay? Now, let's say you tune into your body and you say, yeah, you know, I got some energy today that I feel like burning off. My body wants to move, okay? Now again, (laughs) the movement here doesn't have to be an hour and a half CrossFit workout where you're killing yourself. Maybe sometimes you will feel like doing that. And that's cool. That's cool. Sometimes our bodies do want to exert a lot of energy like that in a short amount of time. And if your body is asking you to do that, yes, then it can be healthy. There are times when, especially under really high stress, you know, like, you know, like, have you ever been like in a really high stress situation and you're like, I just want to go kickboxing or something? You know, we absolutely will have that moments. The point being, when you feel that, honor that, right? But we don't always want to do that, right? Like sometimes maybe you just want to go for a bike ride. Maybe sometimes you just want to go for a stroll around the neighborhood. Maybe sometimes you just want to go for like a swim or rollerblading um, or like a nice gentle yoga class, or some maybe your body just feels like stretching. So can you compile a list of different activities, either like a mental list or a physical list, and when you're in the process of reconnecting in this way, can you ask yourself, how do I feel like moving? And taking the time and deciding which one feels good right now, okay? Now let's say, Let's say you decide, I want to go for a bike ride. Okay, that's the activity of choice. So now you get your bicycle and you go riding. Can you then now also give yourself the unconditional permission to stop riding your bike when it's no longer fun, when it no longer feels good? Instead of saying, okay, if I'm going to exercise, it's got to be at least 45 minutes or else it doesn't count. Get rid of that get rid of that thought entirely. It is completely useless. It's not even true, right? You, exercising five or ten minutes can g- give you the health benefits of exercise, okay? So forget that thought, okay? If you're riding your bike, can you just go ride your bike and then give yourself the permission to stop when it's no longer fun, even if that means it ends up being 12 minutes and 47 seconds of riding your bike, can you come back and just put your bike away and put it down? This is how you start to reconnect with your body. This is how you start to honor your body and what it's saying. And that is how you develop a relationship with exercise where the movement that you are doing is providing you with health benefits instead of stressing your body out, okay, and listen, I'm not here to shame, like, the CrossFit thing, or the Orange Theory Fitness thing, or, like, a really intense exercise, if that's what you like to do, yeah, fine, you know, some people do, I'm a very high energy person, so I know how it is, right, like, I can go for a pretty intense workout, more often than probably the average person because I'm crazy and I'm like always fired up about something because I'm a lunatic and I don't have to tell you that if you're this far into my podcast episodes and you follow me on Instagram, you know this. Sometimes like, yeah, going and blowing off a lot of steam with a really intense workout, it happens often in my life. But I have just as many days where I'm like, you know what? I don't actually feel like doing anything, right? Um, and, And when you honor your body in this way, like I was saying a few minutes ago, you will end up in this ironic twist of fate. You will end up actually exercising more and more appropriately for your body over the course of your lifetime, as opposed to forcing yourself to try to stick to something really intense and really unsustainable. Um, one last thing, like a like a higher level connection. Um, yes, it, it is true. Again, like I'm not shaming the intense workouts, the CrossFit, the Orange Theory Fitness. It is true that sometimes pushing yourself can feel really good. But there is a very fine line and a huge difference between pushing yourself when your body is screaming at you to not push it versus ooh, this feels really good right now I'm going to push myself with a few more reps because I feel like that's going to release some kind of endorphin. There's a fine line and a huge difference and as you continue on in your conscious eating journey, in your conscious intuitive movement journey, you will get more and more in touch with that difference as time goes on. And I'm, I'm going to finish off this episode by saying, um, I just, I, I really encourage you to start approaching exercise in this way. And I will finish off by saying last thing, the research also shows that when you begin to practice with intuitive conscious movement it also helps to improve your intuitive conscious relationship to food so these things can really go together quite beautifully so i encourage you to go on with all the instructions that i just gave you i encourage you to go on and explore in these ways and good luck and i would love to hear how it goes As always, I'm going to leave my application to work with me one-on-one down in the show notes. And if you don't already, you can follow me on Instagram over at embodied.nourishment. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I will see you on the next episode. Bye.